We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Let's go to Mark 4, 35. New King James Version. I'm going to have to push to this pretty fast, y'all. So take out your phone, however you take notes, because you're going to have to take notes today. Yes? Mark 4, 35. <clears throat> New King James Version. Y'all ready to eat something? All right, let's eat. Mark 4, 35. New King James Version. So you got it when you got it. Like three. Come on, people. Two seconds. Say, you got it. There we go. I'll read for you. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And it cracks me up that Jesus is asleep, like, during this time. Like, out of all of the times in the gospel where Jesus could have gone to sleep and they could have wrote it in scripture that he went to sleep, I'm facing a life-threatening storm, and he's asleep. Come on, Jesus. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and then he has a pillow. Like, where did you find a pillow on a fisherman's boat, Jesus? Like, okay. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and, and, and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, listen to this now, they, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Shout amen. amen. Now, because I've talked so much, I have an introduction, but I'm not going to give it to you because I want to make sure I'm efficient with your time. So let's go to point number one. Write this down. The kinds of fear. Here are your sub points. I told you you're going to have to write today. This is stuff that you're going to take with you, okay? First point is the kinds of fear. Your sub point is the first word. This is a Greek word. It's phobos. It's up on the screen. Now, I want to talk to you while you start writing. The reason why I wanted to make sure that we dealt with the kinds of fear is because our English word fear doesn't do a good job of allowing us to understand the, the exact feelings and emotions and what was taking place in the New Testament. Okay? So last week I talked to you about good and bad fear. I talked the, the difference between good and bad sugar. Well, this is what we were talking about last week. This gives us a little bit more detail. Amen? <clears throat> okay, so Phobos uh, is to show a reverential fear for that which may cause flight. Phobos can be produced by dread, terror, or awe. Y'all got that? Everybody got that? 
This is class today. Everybody got it? So now you got it? Okay. Now, let's listen for a couple seconds. Phobos is our natural instinctual response to take flight or, or fight, flight or fight, when we are faced with people, situations, and things that cause dread, terror, or awe. It's our, nat- our natural response is phobos. It's our natural response. This is one of those things that God put in our emotional toolbox that we just do. It just happens. When we're, when we're faced with something that, that we feel terror, dread, or awe, either we're going to fight it or we're going to run from it. Yes? Now, I want to make sure that I explain to you that our word phobia does not mean the same thing as phobos. While phobia did come from the Greek word phobo, it does not mean the same thing. They're totally different. Phobia is an irrational fear that is gripping and makes you freeze. So now what's natural to us is phobos. Either we're going to fight or we're going to take flight. We're going to take an action. Phobias make me freeze and stop all functionality in that specific vein. And there are all sorts of phobias, perverted fears, that are out there that we deal with. Watch this now. We've all heard of arachnophobia. What's arachnophobia? Fear of spiders. I got some stuff that you don't know. (laughs) I can guarantee it. And I can't hardly pronounce this stuff. Okay, my first one is chromophobia. Who? Not fear of time. You you pulling though? Not fear of time. This one is the fear of color. Chromo, right? Oh. Okay, listen to this one now. I can't even pronounce this, and this is why I'm writing all this stuff down. Compoundophobia. Anybody? No? Fear of buttons. <laughs> what is life like when you have this issue? I'm only buying t-shirts. I'm just, just you get married to something? No, you can only buy t okay. This one I really cannot I, I can't I can't pronounce. It is Magaricophobia. Magirka, I don't know. Chantel? Okay, I couldn't pull that one together. Um, this one is for the men, and I don't want you to use this as an excuse moving forward. This one is a fear of cooking. <laughs> fear of cooking. That's going to be a good one, babe. I'm going to use that one once we... <laughs> I can't even... <laughs> And then the last one is, is probably one of the more um, concerning ones to me is philophobia. Good, good job. Fear of love. Fear of love. I, I got stuck on that one because there are people who actually have a fear of being loved. They have a fear of it. Because the, because the love that, the, what they thought was love, the, excuse me, the love that they saw 
when they were growing up was so perverted that I never want to experience that again. So now I have this phobia of being loved and extending love because of the broken love that I experienced. Phobias are not phobos, excuse me, phobos, okay? Phobos is our word, our Greek word, and it is not phobia, okay? Now, while phobos is good, phobos can go either way, right? Depending on what your object of fear is, will determine which way Phobos goes. It can be extremely bad or it can be extremely good. Scripture says the fear of the Lord is the what? The beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what does that mean? That that's a good fear because God is my object of my fear. Yes? Let's get the next one. Y'all learning something? Let's get the next word. The next type of fear that is written in, in, in the New Testament is eulabia. And it signifies caution first, then reverence, and godly fear. Signifies caution first, then reverence, godly fear. <clears throat> this word eulabia is, is, is really powerful, and it is only used in Scripture two times specifically in the New Testament. Um, and this word eulabia or this, this, this type of fear um, is a beautiful commingling of love and fear that produces a reverence in man towards God that gives him a deep desire to fulfill God's will through his life. Eulabia. This is, this is and, and what's so amazing about this, I was telling you guys about Noah. You remember that? The only person that this word is associated with is Noah, and it's, it's in the New Testament. They're speaking about the Old Testament in the book of Hebrew. I'm, uh, Hebrews, I'm going to read it for you. Hebrews 11 and 7, New King James Version says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as of yet, listen to this, moved with fear, prepared an ark, to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Now, if you listen to this now, this thing is surrounded by faith. In the middle of it, it says that he moved with fear. He moved with a love and a fear that gave him a God cautiousness. That he didn't do anything that God did not want him to do. He engaged with people with a God cautious. He, 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 he spoke with people with God cautious because he had such a reverence and a deep love for God that he didn't, do want, to, he didn't want to do anything that was outside of God's will. So God's will was the, was the structure for his life. Eulabia. He is the only person in scripture that this is spoken about. Okay. Y'all listening? Okay. Let's get this last one. There's three of them. The third and final type of fear that is dealt with in the Old Testament, I mean, excuse me, the New Testament, is Delia. Say that with me, Delia. Very simple. It is cowardice, intimidity. Cowardice, intimidity. Delia is never used in a good sense. Um, this kind of fear carries no value. This type of fear is the fear that we talked about last week when Adam shrunk away from God. You remember that? He hid behind the trees and he shrunk away from God. 
That is Dalia fear. It, it is the kind of fear that makes you coward up and shrink away from things. Um, if you read in, in, in 2 Timothy, um, this is where uh, Paul writes to Timothy, Timothy and says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The reason why he wrote this to, to Timothy, because Timothy had an issue with being timid. And he wanted to let Timothy know that spirit, that thing that is dominating you, that delay, that the delay of fear that you're dealing with, that didn't come from God. God gave you a spirit of power. And whenever this word is used, it is talking about cowardness, cowering away from things. And we talked last week about specific to men and how we cower away from being the man that God has called us to be. Not being a man of my house, but being the man that God has called me to be. There's a big difference. Delaya is, 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 is cowering away and being timid. Now, let's push for our next point. Y'all got all that? I want you to apply all that stuff. Now, y'all walk on out here. You? Okay. Let's get some more. Point number two is the agitator of fear. The agitator of fear. Let's read <clears throat> verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Point number two should be up on the screen for you. The agitator of fear. Say that with me. The agitator of fear. Now, the disciples are out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, which is notorious for um, its unpredictable weather. Um, disciples are a portion of the disciples were fishermen and they were very familiar with the sea. Um, they knew um, that there was a possibility that you can get out in the middle of this thing and you could come across a storm that could destroy you, that could kill you. Um, and sure enough, they get out in the middle of the sea and what they feared the most takes place. They're in the middle of a storm that is seemingly about to take their life. After the water begins to fill up in the boat, they finally get Jesus awake. And Jesus, being the power man that he is, he wipes the coal out of his eye. He walks to the edge of the boat and he says, peace, be still. The part that we tend to miss in that whole narrative is that before he said, peace, be still, it says that he rebuked the wind. He rebuked it. Now, this is only specific to Mark's gospel, and this is the stuff that I, I, I talked to you guys about this stuff, and I said you got to start studying scripture. But specific to Mark's gospel, the language that Jesus uses when he addresses the wind and the waves is, is, is the same language he uses when he was casting out a demon. He rebuked it. You can go to back, back to Mark chapter 1. He rebuked the demon, and he cast it out. It is the same exact language. And while we are often impressed that, that Jesus speaks to the wind and the waves, the narrative lets me know that he was not only speaking to the wind and the waves, he was speaking to the one that was behind the wind and the waves and agitating the fears of his disciple. Yeah. 
he speaks to the demonic force that was behind agitating the fears of his disciples. He says, listen, stop and be still. It is um, When you start to study this just a little bit, it, it, it says that the, what Jesus was saying in a sense was be muzzled. Stop talking because you're scaring my people. Listen to me, y'all. If, if you don't understand it, I'm going to go back to this whole spirit realm series we talked. You guys remember that series we, we were in? Was that a decent series? We found out that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Meaning that he has a modicum of autonomy to do what he pleases on this earth as long as God allows him to do it. So Jesus, knowing who's behind these winds and the waves, he steps to the edge of the boat and he speaks to the wind and the waves, but he affects what happens in the spirit realm because he understands that influence from the spirit realm is what is attacking your fears. So he speaks to it. Listen to me, y'all. Satan knows what you know. He knows your experiences. He knows everything that you've been through. So he knew before the, before the, the disciples got on the boat that they're afraid of a, of, of, of a storm happening. So he understands that, so he just plays with it a little bit. And sees if he can push you from a healthy fear to an unhealthy fear. Because now, they, you know, they, they, it's okay to be fearful, but now panic sets in and everything starts to get irrational. Jesus, don't you care? Listen to me. Do, do you know how difficult it is to think when you are truthfully fear in fear? When you don't have control of your fears, you forget, you forget all common sense. I remember when Jordan was a little boy. I could never whoop him because it would make me laugh. I would have to, like, leave. I would have to walk out of the room because I couldn't do it. I would, you know, he would do something, and I would bring him in, you know, sit him down, and I have a belt next to me. I've never, I don't, have, I, have, I, have I whooped him? I never whooped him. She whooped him all the time, and he would be scared of me. But I would bring him in, in, in the room, and I would say, Jordan, what have you done here? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Say something like so, but but he couldn't formulate a sentence because he was so scared. Like he couldn't put it together. Listen to me. Unhealthy fear, phobia, irrational thoughts, irrational actions take place even though the one who will save and was our savior was on the boat with him. Do, do, you, do you hear what they said to Jesus? Don't you care that we perish? That would imply that I'm going to die too. That Jesus is on the boat with us. We're all getting ready to die, Jesus. Don't you care? Un, it's, it's not rational. How many times have you had unrational thoughts? Irrational thoughts? When it comes to what you're going through in life. Because he's promised never to leave you nor forsake you. He, he, listen, he's, he says, I'm a man of my word. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So why would you think I get you out here on this, on this sea and leave you now? Oh, y'all, this thing is preaching to me because now I'm a half year through the next year after a pandemic. And I'm saying to myself, he's not going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. Even though it ain't happened yet, it's going to happen because he's a man of his word. Irrational thoughts. 
doesn't even make sense. Jesus, don't you care? Listen, don't you know that my father sent me out of heaven to come down here and save you? What you mean I don't care? Okay. Let's get another point. Y'all learning? Let's go to verse 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Our third point is the level of fear. Say that with me, level of fear. Now, we just talked and we know that this was a legit storm. There is no doubt, this is factual information, that this was a legit storm. Waves are crashing into the boat, water is pouring down, and the boat has started filling with water. And to me, going back to our, our, our definition of phobos, there should have been a bit of reverence and respect for what the storm could do. Yeah, this is a legit storm. You could, you could potentially die if this doesn't go right. Yes? But that is not what Jesus addresses with them. If you listen closely and if you watch it and you do a little bit of word study, he doesn't address the fact that they were phobos. They had fear, fight or flight. Mm -mm. He addressed the issue because it was delaya. They froze. Bigger than that, their faith froze. There was no function. They lost it all in that moment because it, they, they got pushed past Phobos into Delea. He addresses it and he says, why are you so fearful? Why did you allow your fear to reach this level? I don't mind you being afraid. It's okay. Fight or flight. But you froze. Bigger than that, watch this now. You cowered away from something that I gave you a word to cross over. Delay means to cower away. Well, at the beginning of this, Jesus says, let us cross over to what? The other side. So you're not riding on the waves of this thing. You're riding on my word, and I give you a word that will make you cross over. So how dare you cower away from something that has no implication upon my word? We can get truth on a Sunday and cower away on Monday. It sounds harsh, but why do you cower away? Jesus says, I'm a man of my word. I gave you a word to, that will get you across. I gave you a promise. And you're cowering away? Why so fearful? Listen to the difference. Why so fearful? There's a big difference. Now, he didn't say, why did you fear? He said, why so fearful? Well, all of a sudden, you accusing me. How did I become the, the, the bad guy in the conversation? But isn't that what we do all the time? God always gets the bad end of the stick. If it doesn't go our way, he gets it. 
He has promised, and I said this, he, he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. But for some way and somehow, he always gets accused of abandoning his children. I told you, listen to me, y'all. I told y'all last week that this, 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 this pandemic shook the church. The church was thoroughly confused. I'm not just talking about this. I'm talking about church. The body holistically was shook. We had no idea what to do. We didn't have any answers. You know, preachers got all the answers. And it was hard to stand up on a Sunday morning and say what? What are you going to say? What we should have said is that it is okay to be cautious. It is okay to have a measure of fear, but don't be so fearful. Don't cower away from it. Don't cower away from it and abandon your faith. But instead of doing that, we made us take a choice. Faith over fear. Faith or fear. I believe we were wrong for that. Can I say something? I apologize on the behalf of every church that said it. Because it wasn't right. You don't find that in scripture. Listen to me, y'all. Jesus says, why so fearful? Not that they feared. Phobos. Okay, let's get the last one. Y'all getting something? Let's work. Let's get this last one. Let's go to verse 40. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I'm going to read this one more time out of the LIT version, literal translation. Verse 40, and he said to them, why are you so fearful? How do you not have faith? And they feared a great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Point number four, final point for the day, is the phrase object of fear. Say that with me, object of fear. I thought it was interesting um, that when you, we're used to this, I think in, in Florida, this is how my family kind of works, you know, after a hurricane, you know, you hunker down, I guess that's the term we all use, you hunker down for a hurricane, and um, after it's over and everything is clear, you know, kind of, sort of, you go outside to see what was unearthed, you know what I mean? You want to see what tree, oh, look at that big tree. That thing been there for 20 years, it's on the ground, you know, and it's been knocked over and the signs are down and this has been blown over. I think a very similar situation happened on that boat that day. Because after the storm had passed and everything was quiet and Jesus does what only Jesus can do, there was a lot that was unearthed about the nearsightedness of the disciples. Because after Jesus calms their storm, and he would have rather preferred to be able to calm the storm inside of them 
through having a conversation, but no, they couldn't hear him, so he calms the storm outside of them. But after he calms the storm, Jesus asked two questions. Why, why so fearful? Why so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? And I think if, if we were to look at where we are today, a year plus away from the start of a pandemic, what has been unearthed about your faith in God? After the storm is now passed, you know, I was telling my father, things are starting to get back to normal. You know, there was this big, this big phrase that went during the pandemic, what, 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 what's the new norm going to look like? It looked pretty normal to me out there. <laughs> People are walking around without masks right now. Looks pretty normal. But, but what has been unearthed in regards to your faith? How nearsighted have you been? Because when Jesus asked the question, how is it that you have no faith? You got to think back to everything that they've seen. Water to, to wine. That's a party trick. Jesus is all right. It's okay. You know, he, he, he raises the dead. Eh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. You know, everything that they saw Jesus do, the miracles that he had performed, he asked them, how is it? How is it possible that you have no faith? So here's what happens, right? And this is the power, and this is the connection between fear and faith. They're not east and west. They're not north and south. They're in the same vein, y'all. Listen to this. Jesus says, why so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And then the disciples, after Jesus does what he does, has a great fear. They had a greater fear. Listen to this now. They were fearful of the storm. Jesus comes out and muzzles the storm. And then after Jesus does what only God can do, now they have a greater fear of him than they had of the storm. That right there is the beginning of faith. When I learn that, that God is greater than the storms that I face, and he's greater than my greatest fears, and he's greater than cancer, he's greater than job loss, he's greater than the problems that I experience every single day, that, my friend, is the beginning of faith. They got to a space where they finally started to realize, they said, who can this be? They didn't even know him all this time. Listen to me, y'all. I'm about to mess you up. We sit in church. God pour out a miracle in this place and do all. He could do miracles, but you still won't know him. God, listen, Jesus had performed all sorts of miracles before, and they had no idea what he could do. But it took, listen to me, facing death in the face and fearing for the life that they found out that they should have a greater fear of the one who is mightier than my storm. So listen, right? The story didn't end there for them. Because, listen, Jesus basically calls them cowards on the boat. I'm not making this up. The text says it. Delay means cowardice. 
he calls him a coward on the boat. But by the time he is, he is buried and resurrected, these boys are bold in faith. Listen to me, y'all. They didn't have it before this. They had no idea what it meant to walk in faith before this. But it took them seeing Jesus stand in the face of their fears and gave them the power to overcome it. That, my friends, is the beginning of faith. Stand to Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.